Hey folks, welcome back to Printavo Pronouncers Podcast. Excited to have you. Um, we've got a really cool episode. Farag, what was your your top big thing here? Um, I think that his boat is much nicer than Justin Lawrence's boat from Oklahoma Shirt Company. Um, that was probably the coolest part. But beyond that, um, graphic disorder on Instagram, car nut, car shop. Artwork takes an insane amount of time, but it's so freaking insane what they do, and that's their niche. So, yeah, um, I don't know. It's just a um, pretty pretty awesome episode. What yeah, about this is Brant at Graphic Disorder. Um, you know, he posted something about bottlenecks on a Facebook group, and I screenshotted it, sent it to Farrah. I was like, "This is a really cool aspect" because he's like just talking about how he's always solving for bottlenecks. So in this episode, we're talking through the art bottleneck, we're talking through production bottleneck, hiring bottleneck, um, getting started and getting out of your own way bottleneck. Uh, so those are really cool, and just niching. Right. You know, it's one thing to talk about niching, but this is the definition of niching the business into a customer base. I mean, they are vast majority, 80, 90% of sales is just these like cars and custom auto type of customers. Really, really cool. Check it out at Graphic Disorder. I think the other part that you'll hear about is he has a four month waiting list for art. Insane. Yes. Which, you know, he in, was like, I don't in, want to get too long. And I'm like, whoa. Yeah. And Nick Wood's probably going to call him in like five minutes, but um, we should probably talk about our sponsors. <laughs> All right. First up, Graphic Source. If you guys need a solution to help improve efficiency and or reduce costs in your art department, check out Graphic Source. They offer industry-leading outsourcing options to help your shop truly become a part of your team. They're plug-and-play with Printavo and other shop management softwares too to be able to do things like SEPs, mock-ups, creative art, order management, digitizing, all that really good stuff. They've been doing it for over 30 years too. So mention Printavo Pod. That'll get you 50% off your first vector, SEP, or embroidery order. I think uh, they have over, I think over 200 shops that are on Printavo is what I heard. That that could just be a, a myth, but um, super awesome, and we use them all the time. Um, and while you're at it, um, if you need, uh, you shouldn't spend all day cleaning dirty screens. <laughs> Easyways line of environmentally conscious chemicals will get the job done faster, more efficiently, and cost you a fraction of the cost per screen. Uh, Canvas Inc. We use 701 and 842. Um, I believe uh, Matt Marcotte's favorite is 701 and with the cherry flavored, um, and uh, helps us every single day. Easy Way has environmentally friendly chemicals to help reduce, help reclaim, run efficiently. Efficiently, excuse me. If you value <laughs> a company to help you with how tos, best practices, and questions, Easy Way is there. Give them a go. Thanks so much, Alex and the team at Easy Way. Yeah, they've got over 100 distributors, which I didn't know in the hmm. state. So a uh, lot of access there, and they're great to be able to reach out and help you out. Multigraph Daddy is working on something really cool. If you're in the Midwest, um, they've got something that they're building out in the Chicago area. Um, Did you just maybe leak it's it with again? Nate Lab? Maybe not. I don't know. We'll Did see. Did you leak it? It's coming in a couple months. Um, I'm trying to get the naming rights to it. I've said uh, Daddy Shack um, said that doesn't work in 2023. If you've got a good name for whatever this surprise center is that Multicraft Daddy is building, um, 
message us in because I think he needs some help naming it. Um, but Multicraft Screen Printing and Digital Supplies for over 50 years has been providing you with top brands at competitive prices. Mention the Printavo podcast and receive an extra 10% off your first order. We're excited to see what they're at and uh, follow them on Instagram. Give them a like and follow. Um, Bruce, Supercolor is up to uh, up to some, some super new cool things. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about what they're doing? Rumor has it they may have a really cool upgraded version of their transfers that solve uh, and improve a lot of things that they've been doing with the transfers and make them awesome to work with. So I know they sent us some samples. Excited to see those um, and try it. But uh, yeah, look forward to that. It's coming very soon. And I know they're talking about it and literally we're going to see them in, in a week, week and a half. But also check out supercolor.com slash print hustlers. And that's going to get you a really cool guide to help you with best practices around high color count designs, gradients, hard to print locations, pricing, um, best quality heat presses, just all that stuff um, in this guide. And so you could download it. It's a PDF guide. Take it on the plane when you're flying over to Long Beach and check it out. Supercolor.com slash print hustlers or link is in the description below. Bruce, I have one. I have one request um, before we get to the show. Okay. Um, I think you flattered us with how many listens we had in the last year. I think it was like four hundred thousand listens on YouTube and maybe sixty thousand or something like that on audio. Yeah. Uh, if everyone can go like subscribe on YouTube, that would be awesome. We would really, really appreciate it. Comment, send us messages because this is getting fun, and uh, it's fun to hear. Uh, I've gotten a bunch of DMs in the last couple of weeks, and I think it's fun. Yeah, do it. No, it is super fun. Thank you so much for listening. It's uh, yeah, half a million or so. It, it, we uh, won't let it get to Bruce's head. So yeah, we've got some cool messages. Like, thanks for joining and listening and all that stuff. So we like doing it. And uh, send us other ideas, guests, all that kind of cool stuff. Things you want to learn about because we can reach out to whoever and uh, drag them on the show. Totally. All, all right, right, let's get to it. How's your new year been? Uh, it's good. You know, kicking off all right. You know. Did you make any resolutions? <laughs> Not really. Uh, it seems like I never have time to think about that. I probably should. <laughs> That's fair. We were trying to think about ours. Um, I've never set goals, though. I, I read this one blog post a long time ago that was talking about it, just more focusing on the you know uh, next month or so instead of these long-term goals, which you hit the goal and then you start again. I don't know. The thought was just that it's just a continuous improvement involvement instead of like steps, like goals would be, but right. I do see others that find more success with goals. Did you set any, Ferg? Did I set goals? Um, sort of. I don't know. I just kind of set like what's my theme for the next six months. My theme is stability. <laughs> stability. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all looking for that after COVID, right? <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, like, I don't want to move as round as much. I want to try and just get routines. I think, like, I, I travel so much, and I really want to stay put a little bit more than normal. I don't Fair know. enough. Stability. Stability. Um, Sorry, Brent. Speaking I of cut over, you off, too. Oh, yeah, what were you going to say, Brent? What are your resolutions? Oh, oh I, I don't really have any resolutions necessarily. You know, I... I I probably should is what I said. Um, you know, I, I've, I've, you know, some things in mind, but I don't necessarily like say I need to have this by X, Y, Z, you, you know, I kind of look for. Okay. Question. When you turn the corner on the year of the business, do you start to think of like, 
we've got to do this in the new year. Like, do you, do you have those kind of eye opening? Aha. I'm I doing have, Yeah. Tell, tell know, us like about longer, those. like bigger, bigger picture stuff. I don't, I don't really look at the macro so much like, you know, Oh, we need more screen print cards or something like that. You know, more like, you know, the building isn't big enough, <laughs> you know, or, you know, we really need an auto reclaim or just things like that, you know, uh, that are kind of like, you know, not impulse buys, <laughs> you know, that you kind of got to think about for a second, make sure you're doing the right thing at the right time type, you know, thing. Yeah. I just quick intro, Brent, um, founder, owner of graphic disorder based in Johnson city, Tennessee. Is that anywhere near Nashville? You have to excuse my ignorance no, here. No, we're like four okay. hours roughly from Nashville. Okay. Johnson City, Tennessee. You guys Far East Tennessee. <laughs> Far East Tennessee. We'll just call that yep. what it is. Yep. <laughs> Screen printing, embroidery, offset printing, stickers. Is that all in-house? Uh, the offset printing is not, but the rest of it is. Cool, cool. Um, and if you go to the website, Farragher, you click on, just go to um, on Graphic Disorder. Yeah. Yeah. Really cool art. It seems like the niche is like the... Um, uh, like race car, low rider, scene, race car. Scene, yeah. yeah, exactly. And, and, um, which is funny wait, because we were wait, trying to get some on. art like this for, is that your Centurion boat? Yes. It's oh. nicer than Justin Lawrence's. Justin, if you're listening <laughs> to this, Brant's boat kicks your boat's ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We added that one last year. Uh, my, uh, <laughs> my worst purchase in the last year was a boat. <laughs> uh, it's the best and worst right <laughs> um okay so let's this instagram is awesome who's doing all of this art do you have an in-house team that's doing this like in-house, this is yeah, we're, we're all in-house on our artwork we have uh, three full-time artists um two doing the super high-end stuff and then we have another guy that does i don't know the more basic you know uh general t-shirt design general business card general flyer uh sticker design t- stuff like that but characters and vehicle drawings and all that stuff we have two artists that are full-time um just literally drawing on a wacom all day long Eight hours a day. They're talented. Wow. So, so do you, I notice that your Instagram is very focused on cars. I imagine yeah. you print for other companies outside of just cars or or, or yeah. that kind of industry. But it's very small for us. Very, it's very small for us. Like it's all cars almost. It's, um, I mean, really? for us to do like a one color church artwork T-shirt, uh, you know, white ink on a black shirt is like probably once a month or something. It's it's. Uh, it's super not happening in here. <laughs> it's not because we don't want it to. It's just I just don't think people think about us for that kind of stuff. Uh, so you've mixed it's, into this like hard. Yeah, we're. Uh, I would say the average job here is a is probably a six ten, six color front, ten color back. Um, you know, and then it goes up to as much as you know we've done twelve, thirteen color jobs on the on both sides before. I mean, <laughs> you know, so uh, most of our stuff is that. Do you have a digital squeegee yet? No, we don't. Um, you know, I'm, if we could be honest, I didn't love the samples I got. <laughs> uh, I, thought, I don't think it's there yet. Uh, I think it's going to get there. Uh, you know, uh, we sent them some of our art, and Michelle's great at M&R, so I'm not, I'm not trashing or nothing like that. And I'm an M&R. You know, my shop's all blue, so um, I'm, uh, I'm all M&R. <laughs> but uh, they just didn't, it, you know, they still feel DTG too much to me. Um, I think certain customers will hate that. Um, especially customers that are, you know, if they got a 288 piece screen print order and then, um, you know, a month later say, Hey, I need 24, you know, and we throw them down a digital squeegee. I don't think they'd be happy personally. Um, 
Um, I think it's going to get there, um, and it gets better all the time. I mean, we see this, you know, DTG improving all the time. Uh, so that's just going to translate straight to the digital squidgy as well. Uh, I don't know. It's it's coming. You know, I think the price is still way up there. And, you know, for me, when I first was looking at it, I you know, they were saying they were using two and three screens. So you could save, you know, for me, that's, you know, maybe I say seven screens on a 10-color job, you know, uh, you know, maybe per side in a lot of cases. Um, but now they're saying it's, you know, it's four and five screens. And I'm now I'm starting to like, you know, how much, how many screens am I really saving? You know, uh, you got the, you know, bleed blocker, you got the top coat, you got, you know, and I'm just, eh, you know, like it, it, it's still, it's still probably a great thing over, over the long haul, but it, it, the ROA gets smaller, right. Uh, or gets longer, I should say. Um, so I don't know for me, it's, I'm looking at it all the time, but it's, I'm, I'm still, I'm not ready yet. <laughs> how do you charge for art brand? Um, you know, we're, I mean, we're like a flat rate, but it's a flat quote out front. So like somebody will tell me what they're looking for and I kind of nail them down sort of specifically, you know, we don't just say, Hey, make me a car shirt. Now we want to know what car, you know, if it's, a, if it's supposed to be after a real car, we want to see the real car. Mm-hmm. You know, if we're putting a character on it, we want to see the character of the person that we're going to draw, you know, and any background detail, you know, we want to know, you know, or you want, uh, you know, want a flag, you want, uh, you know, a certain business in the background you want a street you know what do you want and we lock that down with a quote and it's a flat rate at that point so and we draw it till they're happy you know but we don't you know we're not gonna let you t- turn that into a 10-year project or something but you know we're pretty pretty but like with it. dealing um, with the bl- the back and forth i mean some of these are like really intricate you know like if you can pop up chris this you know scrap in the rockies there's like casino slots in the background there's like uh, you know, boxes in the truck and gold and all that stuff. So like, is this something the customer is saying or it, like, do you sketch black and white, show it to them, outline? No, and they, we don't, we don't sketch a black or white or nothing. We do it in house. We don't show it to them. Um, so they'll give us those general, you know, highlights of what they must have in a design. You know, some designs they want the year to be, you know, like if it's a 20th anniversary or, you know, it's some big deal for them, you know, those things are highlighted bigger than others. Um, but generally it's just a few bullet points, the specific vehicle they want. And we draw it that way. And, uh, you know, we hit, I mean, we, we nail it. I mean, probably 90% of the time on the first proof it's, 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 uh, we're car guys. So, I mean, we understand what the, we are the customer, honestly, because we go to a lot of these car shows, these truck shows. And, uh, so we understand their market probably better than they do. So a lot of times it's, it's pretty straightforward for us to, to understand where their event is and what they're looking for and what their audience is. And we can nail it just off a few bullet points. And honestly, if a customer is efficient, it's probably two or three emails to do a job. Like so Brent, like you've obviously gotten really good at this because when I look at something this technical from the artwork standpoint and the printing standpoint, right? Like I just see this, this would destroy me. The steps are killer. The steps are killer. You know, so even when you do the art, people don't understand. Good Lord, you're going to have sometimes hours in the steps, you know, depending on the step, Um, you know. So and and, and what's crazy is our artists are so busy doing art. They cannot do the steps like it's impossible for my artists to stop and do steps. So Shelly here, uh, my fiance, does all the steps uh, after the art's done. So it's, you know, she's spending time after time's been spent. You know what I mean? So, it's you know, it's. it's hard to hard to beat that to a customer sometimes like, hey, like there's a lot of work after the art. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I, I was even going to say like how long from start to finish does art and sep take to do something like that? Like that's not something – sorry, yeah, you can't just like, send that to Fiverr and, and say, hey, do it. 
Well, believe it or not, art like that, scraping the Rockies art there, that's probably a two-day project for us. Um, and and that's probably not even two days, really. It's just two artists a day each, maybe, you know. Um, so it might happen on the same day, um, but it's, you know, two days worth of work. Um, and then, you know, SEPs for something like that, it could be, I mean, that that she hasn't SEPed that one yet, but I bet you she'll spend, you know, three or four hours SEPing it sometimes, you know. Not always, you know, sometimes she blows right through them. It's no big deal, but there's some that fight us a little bit and she'll, you know, she's very, she's perfectionist. So she wants it to look great on press and she used to be our printer. So she understood, you know, everybody here, not just her, but our artists included have all been on press before. So they understand soup to nuts, what the whole process is, you know, screens all the way through printing, you know, so they get it. And I think that helps our team a lot. You know, they, they've seen things that we've done in art before. They're like, eh, that didn't really translate that well in, in print, you know, or vice versa. You know, hey, we did this technique. This is a little different this time. It works really well in press. Let's do that, you know. And, and so, so you we'll might have, you might have like 10 to 15 hours in art and pre-press before you even burn a screen. Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah, you could. Yeah, you very well could in some of those so, cases. So yeah. how do you, how do you, I mean, do you just charge a lot because I, I think about the 288 pieces, you know, like, you know, how do you yeah. how do you figure that out? Well, uh, so like that art right there, that's 650. You charge 650 for that, and that's probably low. Uh, just for the industry, art, just for the art. Yep. Gotcha. Yep. So, so the yeah, customer. And we build out a front. So, I mean, a customer, you know, customer is going to pay that regardless. You know, we're, we we don't we, we we look at art and print as completely separate, even though they they end up being together. They, they, they're completely separate for us. Um, we don't really talk about cost of printing something until there's art. So, and that's hard for the customer, especially because uh, the other end of that art story is that uh, we're booking May, late May on art like that right now. So you come to me today and you want that artwork. It's May. It's late May. So wow. a customer will prepay me today for that line in May. And that's the way we do it. Anybody that's not mm. serious about it, They'll, they won't want to pay and they'll go somewhere else. And that is absolutely fine um, because we obviously should be charging more <laughs> to, to decrease that line, uh, you know, but it is what it is. You know, we're, uh, we're trying to reduce it all the time, but it's tough. Brent, so you, you are taking, you are pre-booking art four mm -hmm. months in advance. Yeah. All Sometimes right, six, it, it gets as long as six. <laughs> okay are you the guy for this type of work i mean i see on your instagram you've almost got thirty thousand followers obviously the art you know you're super niched into this space you could probably do volume you could actually handle it whereas others you know may say they can and 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 uh can't deliver as to you know the shirt actually looking like the fair scroll down to the one called the shack um and you can see one is the art and one is the actual shirt coming out I mean, it's, it's, it's incredible. I mean, look at the little purples on the edge and everything. Chris, hope you could, you got to pop this up on the screen here, but, um, so like, are you the guy or like, who do you compete with? I mean, we have some competitors I mean, and, and we have a couple that are in the wheelhouse of, of our level. Um, but I think we're at the top end of it. You know, uh, I don't, I, I would never say we're the best at it. Uh, I think there's always somebody better. Um, uh, but we're up there, you know, and, and I personally think, at least two of our artists are probably some of the best automotive illustrators in the world. Uh, I believe. How, um, how did you find them? Do, were these like from your network? Have you recruited uh, these one, people in? One's my best you friend. Have, <laughs> sick. So you truly, you guys friend. are car guys. Yeah, you are your own yeah, customer. We're literally That's why car, you, I mean, yep. 
Yeah, me and my my first artist that I hired was uh, he actually taught me Photoshop before I ever created a company. So many years ago, um, it was probably around 2000, 2001. He kind of showed me like the basics of Photoshop and how to use Photoshop. And uh, I started doing uh, vehicle renderings, which were much worse than what he's doing now. Um, and of course he didn't know how to do that kind of stuff either at that point. And, and I did that for a business for a little while and that kind of grew us to what we are now. Uh, but when I, my first hire was him, uh, and we hired him to help print and do art. And, uh, we bought a nice Wacom and put him on a $10,000 computer and turned him loose. And, and that's where he's at now. And then we had, um, our second, um, Kelly, who's doing the same kind of art as Eric, and she does our characters too. So any kind of really wild background characters, pinup girls, um, anything related to that kind of stuff. Um, she does it all. And she used to do everything just by hand in like a little sketchbook. And, uh, she, she's, I mean, she's talented enough to work at Disney. I'm, I'm just being honest with you. She can draw, you know, I asked her to draw me four, four pinups one time or a pinup one time, I should say at like four thirty, one day. This was right when we built her a computer, just put her in their office. She hadn't really done anything for us yet. Sit down, turn the computer on. It's 4.30. I'm like, hey, draw me a pinup. She draws me four in 30 minutes. And they were all impeccable. Like, they were just amazing. And you, uh, you got that. You got the art dream team. I mean, yeah, it, we do. We do. And, and, and we've, you know, we've learned to print it, too. So, I mean, so it's, you know, I, I always think that we're, you know, we're always learning to be better printers and we're always learning to be better artists. But I think we do both really well. Wow. So you might have one of the most talented art departments in the country. I mean, if for certain things, I think so. You know, I, there's certain stuff I'm, I'm sure that, that there's better people for it. But I mean, we, we're really good at, I mean, we can draw you monsters. We can draw you, you know, Halloween characters. We can, I mean, it's just really anything. She's, she's character, you know, her characters are amazing. So Brent, Bruce sent me a screenshot actually and of, of, of like, you were talking about bottlenecks. Like, I don't yeah. know if you know this, we were stuck, we, we saw yeah. it on Instagram or Facebook <laughs> or whatever that might be. And it sounds, and you were reflecting on the year. Um, I think there's, there's the exact post. Have you thought about how to solve this art problem? Like, I don't want, I don't even want to call it a problem. How to, how to lean into the oh, strength a, that you guys, that the strength that yeah. you guys have. Yeah. We're already, we're one step on, on that already because, uh, like the same way that we found Kelly, our, our second artist, she came to an open house. We have an open house once a year. Um, and she came in here and she was working at like target or something and getting, you know, four hours a week. And, and she's got all this art talent, but we didn't have a need for art at that time. This is years ago. And, uh, she's like, how do I, you know, I've got an art degree and how do I come, you know, I'm in Johnson city. Where do I go to do art? You know, you know, I'm like, well, we could, you know, we could put you to work in the screen print apart for a little while. Maybe we can do some art with you later, you know, and that's what we did. Well, a couple of years later, the same thing just happened again. We had another uh, girl come in here. She's now in our screen department, um, but also has a lot of talent with art. And we just on Friday set her down in front of a Wacom for the first time. And she's good. Like, I mean, she's going to, you know, just rough around the edges. It's just going to take some time. But uh, so she'll do screens for a little while and learn the pre-press side. And then we'll probably put her on press, let her, let her learn how to do actual printing. And then we'll stick her in an office and let her draw. So, I mean, it's probably happening slower than, than I'd like, <laughs> you know, because I think I, I hate the line. The, the, the line we have for art is too long, in my opinion. Um, so we want to reduce it, but I, you know, I just don't want to throw, you know, 50 artists in the building and then, you know, get two that are really good and the rest are crap or something. We're going to critique it as we go, I guess I'd say, you know. 
can can we be vulnerable about like outsourcing art for a second, right? So like at Campus sure. Inc, we use outsource art solutions quite a bit, right? Like, and there's yeah. a certain need for that, and there's a certain niche that they fix. In this sure. instance, that's not necessarily an outsource solution. Have you ever right. tried to find artists around the world that specialize in this type of art that you can really like zero in on and? Yeah, I mean, I know most of them, <laughs> um, and you know the ones that are that are doing it to this level are are either doing their own business or they're they're in another shop most of the time. Hmm. Um, and I don't want to go off and poach, you know, type thing. Right. Um, I mean, I would if it if it came to the point where they said they were looking to leave somewhere or something like that, I might entertain it type mm-hmm. thing. But I'm not the type to go off and contact somebody and say, "Hey, man, you want to leave that shop and come work for for us? We need the, <laughs> we need the help but, or something." There's no 99 yeah. designs for car people that you can just be like, "Hey, I got nah. this many jobs. How quickly can everyone do them?" Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's some guys out there that could probably do that, but I've never ran across them and and personally, you know, having somebody in house that that under that's a car person, not just somebody that's not just an art. There's kind of a difference. There's people that do art, right? And they can draw anything you tell them, but they're also, if they're not in the niche they're drawing for, it's going to be a little bit disconnected, you know, maybe not all the way, but a little bit disconnected. So I think our, our win is that we're very connected to the situation. Um, and, and I think that's why it turns out so good. So in my mind, they kind of need to be here in the building. And I mean, I'm not saying I wouldn't do an outsource situation if it, if it just becomes, bonkers and it's just unhandable you know there's no option you know i might might entertain it you know what about the sep side seps we're, we're getting to the point where we're gonna have to do something um whether we're gonna have to hire somebody specifically just to do seps um or maybe outsource seps i don't i don't know um I, I'm, i've just never loved outsourcing stuff because you get you know a lot of the stuff we get it on press we find uh you know we should have set up the black differently or we should have, you know the red's not hitting right you know and we'll fix that in real time you know like Oh, nope. We, you know, we, we got a CTS, we got, you know, Unico, we can do all kinds of things very fast here. Um, you know, so when you start, now you got to have somebody fix the SEPs or whatever it might be, or you're trying to fix somebody else's SEPs, they do them different than you, you know, uh, you know, it gets a little muddy, you know, uh, probably perfect scenario out there, I'm sure. But I don't know if I have the bandwidth to hunt that right now. Um, I think more long-term solution would be find somebody to bring in-house to do SEPs for us. Um, and get that off Shelly's plate. The level of technicalness is just intense. I mean, you need it is. a separator is. sitting yeah. next to the screen burner. Yeah. You know? Well, and that's the thing is that we like, you know, our, our press operator, you know, they'll, they'll send a, a proof to us every time they print the first test proof and it goes right to Shelly who does the SEPs, who's in the channel with the artist. So the artist can say, Hey, that doesn't look right. Or, Hey, you know, the Shelly can be like, I did, I messed up the SEPs. Let me fix this. Or, you know, Hey, that looks perfect. Whatever it might be. And, uh, I like that dialogue. Not that you can't have that remotely. It just, I just think it adds another layer of, Hey, he's in the bathroom right now. We didn't know that he's not answering, you know, <laughs> you know, type thing like that. So I don't know. We'll, we'll keep evaluating at all times. Uh, you know, it, it, reality is, is we've probably always, grown more organically than more like foot on the gas type thing. Um, and I thought that's natural. Um, and we don't experience, you know, when the economy gets rough, we don't have a lot of time, rough times. We, you know, we own our equipment. We nearly own our building. Like we're in good shape because of all that, instead of just like going as fast, fast, fast as you can. And then you run into this like client that's huge and they leave because of whatever the economy tanks or whatever it might be. You know, uh, I'm scared of that all the time. <laughs> you know, there's a, uh, I remember Stephen back at school at uh, University of Illinois. I took this uh, business consulting class 
And they talked about um, Boeing, the company making planes, and they were basically saying that they were always trying to outsource as much as possible to to manage less and less in house. And in the plane uh, or on a plane, that the wing is sort of like um, the heart of the plane. Uh, it's like mathematically has to be perfect so that you know the air goes over it and under it and so on, so it has good lift. And, uh, you know, all plane manufacturers always manufacture their own wings, but the uh, Boeing wanted to try to not only outsource like all the electronics and, 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 you know, all the metal and seats and all that stuff, but also they tried to outsource the wing and (laughs) it was a complete disaster um, because things weren't done correctly to the sort of the core and the heart of the business, which was the wing for them, which absolutely seems like that whole flow for you guys, um, especially just looking at some of the social, you know, uh, accounts and what you've done in this niche with, you know, art and, and cars and especially with your passion, it sounds like for it. So, yeah. I mean, that makes total sense to try to, uh, keep as much in house, but it just reminded me of that, that whole story with like keeping that core principle inside and then trying to get rid of the, the other stuff. Yeah. yeah, and, and I wouldn't say we have it perfect. You know, I think there's probably things we could send out and, and, and it might be the better way to do it. Cause it certainly maybe short term, you know, as you bridge gaps type thing. And, and I should probably be more open to that, but I've always kind of like a, you know, I'm hard headed. I get stuck in doing things a certain way and, and, and it's working. <laughs> I'm not but, saying but it's the most optimal, but it is working. <laughs> you, obs- you obsess over the right things and innovate based on, based on necessity. Right. And it's like, you, yeah. we could tell right from your Instagram, this is your obsession. Yes. That's why yeah. people will go to you. I'm curious yeah. to know, like having a business around your obsession I'm just going to say for a second, you're obsessed with cars. I think so, maybe. Um, And having a team about it. I've seen companies um, go into their obsessions and lose money trying to do cool things because it's their passion, right? And I've seen companies also learn how to run really profitably and make really good money because their obsession. I'm curious if there was a moment in your business where you had to be like, okay, the stuff we're doing is so freaking cool, but we cannot be giving it away like this just because we're all car guys. I'm curious to yeah. know, like, where, did you think about that at any point? Did you have low points of like, shoot, oh, yeah, we're, we had, we're, we're giving this away? Yeah. yeah. Well, when we were, you know, when it was just me and Shelly, we were, you know, had a manual press and a couple of burning machines, like, you know, nothing special, you know, and I was doing art. And then when I wasn't doing art, I was printing. And when I wasn't doing printing, I was embroidering, you know, so it was, you know, and so those things we were running ourselves dry, you know, like as far as burning both ends of the clock, you know, you're out of juice. It is your passion, but at the same time, you can't go enjoy the passion because you're so buried in like doing this stuff for the, the, the industry, you know, and it got to the point where you had to, I had to hire, you know, and, and I see that with a lot of shops that get, you know, the one, two, three, four, and they're scared to hire more. They're scared to put an auto and they're scared to, to break those bottlenecks, you know, to get to that next, that next level where you can, you can kind of dialed in on your passion without maybe being the guy doing everything where you, if you're trying to wear all those hats, it, it's going to burn you out eventually. And we were close, you know, we were really close to that a few times, you know, where it was just like, I mean, even though the money was okay, you know, cause we didn't have all this overhead, you know? Um, but it was just, it, it was rough. <laughs> I mean, we were, you know, 12, 14 hour days, you know, all the time, you know, yeah. it just kicks your butt. 
I think about sometimes I'm trying to work on my team. So we get to work with a lot of really cool athletes, famous sure. people, great names. And, you know, if you worry so much about like what their name is or who they're doing and you start saying, well, we'll just do it for this person or we'll just do it for them. Mm. Uh, but, 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 but it's, it's LeBron James, you know, we'll do it. Mm. And it'll just eat you alive. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think there's, there's a point in a business that every owner has to say, I don't care if I'm printing for the little league or if I'm printing yeah. for the Daytona 500, I have to put my own, you know, I have to, I have to make sure that I can eat first. I absolutely agree with that because I think I think if you treat everybody with that high level, right, whether it's your twenty-four piece client or your five thousand piece client, it the result is is amazing for everybody, right? And you're not saying like you just said, oh, I did this extra for so and so. No, it, it, your price is your price, and, and your your quality is your quality. It's the same, you know, throughout, you know, um, because that twenty-four piece order might net you some referral that LeBron James may not, <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, you always got to treat them the same. Vibe. Wait, what was, what was your shift brand though? Like in, in you being with your partner as the sole owners to like, mm-hmm. we need to create more of an organization here. It was just, uh, we were trying to do too much, you know, it was, we're seven days a week, you know, uh, and, and it was just like, like I said, 12, 14, 16 hour days, you know, it was just a point where it was like, we either have to quit, or, or we have to hire and, and, you know, and we have to, we knew we had to hire the right person because, we, you know, it's such a, and I don't want to call it a family thing. Cause it's just, you know, it was me and her or whatever, but it, it was so close to our hearts that we, we wanted to make sure we hired the right person. So we wanted to hire you know my buddy, Eric, you know, and uh, because Wait, I knew who, he, but like, do you remember, like, was there a moment where like, uh, there's some times where I, I feel like I've called, you know, Farrick to be like, Dude, I, you know, something has to change here or you know, something like, was there, was there a time where you guys sat down or was there a job that, you know, went sideways or like, what was it? Or was it just, it was, the, just, long- yeah, it was the volume. It was okay. just the volume. It, this was, it was just the volume for us because we, we, I mean, we were still small, so we weren't doing these huge orders, you know, but I mean, you know, we might be doing a thousand piece order, which was a lot for us back then, you know, uh, but you know, it, it was just, man, it's just, there's too much work for two people you know, at the end of the day. And it was like, either we need to get real jobs or we got to help. We got to get some help in here. And we wanted to hire help that, that we knew had a, a ceiling for more than what we were offering already. And yeah. in his case, it was art. You know, we didn't want to just hire a, a laborer. You know, I didn't want just somebody catching shirts at the back of the dryer. I want somebody to bring something to the table. Yeah. You know, so, uh, you know, that's why we hired him. I mean, and that's sort of almost every person we've hired here has been that way. We've always looked at them as, you know, maybe we're hiring them for this right now, but we really want to do this with them in a year or two years or something, you know. Uh, what? So that's always been our approach. If you would have went back, when would you have done it? Like, was it a, a, a revenue marker that you hit? Like, was it half a million in sales or what? Like, what? We we uh, we hired at three hundred thousand. We were doing three hundred thousand. We hired, and and in my opinion, we should have hired probably at least by two hundred thousand. Uh, you know, uh, because we just killing ourselves at the end. What there. Was, I mean, we were doing uh, with the, our artists is what we hired. You know? I mean, of course, he was helping us in printing too. So I mean, he he came from the offset world, so he was familiar with printing a little bit. You know, uh, but he was more art talented. So, but running a screen print press is easy compared to offset press sometimes. You know, uh, so you know, it's just. For us, we probably should have done it sooner. Um, you know, I don't know, a year or two or sooner or something like that. Um, and, and I probably would have never bought a manual if I was started over. <laughs> just be honest with you, I would have tried to go You're straight not the for the first auto. person that said that. I um, just, I, 
I just, to me, it's when you think about the wasted time we put in, you know, and again, we, we, our first press was like an eBay manual. So maybe do that like we did, but not, you know, then we went to like a nice manual, went to like a Vastex or something. And, uh, you know, I, I almost think skip that intermediate step. You like, you try the manual from like eBay, the, the $1,500 or whatever. Hey, I can do this, right? I can make money on this. I can make this work. Skip to the auto, <laughs> you know, and save all that time. You know, Brent, when you say I should have hired sooner, I have a little bit of a story, Bruce, um, but I used to paint houses in college and uh, they would always teach us, put down the paintbrush and go knock on doors. You can hire a $15 an hour employee to paint the house or you can go get 10 new leads in an hour that'll generate you $2,000 in sales. And so they would always say, like they would always teach us, put down the paintbrush and go knock on doors and hire hire someone to paint for you, um, there you go. because you're because when we look you look at operations in a business that can be done by a fifteen or twenty dollar maybe even thirty dollar an hour an employee, and then you look at what a CEO or an owner of the company can do. An owner can generate new business, grow the business, get one more customer, and they would literally calculate it and say, "Look, if you spent the same exact time." You can add 10x more value. Your hour is worth $100 an hour instead of 15 or 20 bucks an hour picking up that paintbrush. And that's a really hard thing for business owners to think about. For for us, it was like that with the auto. Like when we bought the auto, we were were still a two-person company. And even M&R was like, you're probably not ready to buy an auto, you know? And I'm like, but it's going to save me all this time. And I had that same concept in my head. Well, if I can save this time printing... Now I can go get more leads, right? I can answer more mm-hmm. emails. I can generate more sales, which will eventually get me to the point where I can hire people. <laughs> and that was where yeah. I was at, which, you know, but I'm sure on their ROI calculator, like me buying an auto was a terrible idea, you know? Well, well, do, do you ever think about a piece of equipment? Because we're talking about these bottlenecks again. Do you ever think about a piece of equipment like as an hourly rate of an employee? Like, hey, if I buy that, that Unicoat, it's eighteen thousand dollars, and that's eleven bucks an hour for a year. There you Do go. Do you think yeah. about it like that, or I, I, don't, I don't look at it like an hourly rate so much, but I always think about it in the terms of like a job. Like mm-hmm. if I, you know, if I if I get a CTS, how much of somebody's day did I just save? Not necessarily hmm. by the hour, you know, like hourly rate or whatever. Um, and I do do that math once in a while, but mo- mostly I just think, Hey, you know, if we get a CTS, this guy saves, you know, 35% of his day, whatever it might be, you know, he can do something else for that amount of time, you know, and that's how I look at stuff like that. You Bruce, know, it's like, I'm, what do we, I'm get? What curious, do we get back? Yeah. Bruce, I'm curious for you. Cause I saw you hire your first employee at Printavo all the way to where you're at now. When was it for you that the business really started to rock? Like what was the clip employees revenue? I'm just curious, like early days, cause you were doing everything and answering support tickets on your lunch break. I mean, I was the, I'm, I was the exact person you guys are talking about, which is like, no, it's fine. It, and I think just being a first time business owner, that's the naivety that we have. Like it, if you guys started over again, I feel like you'd hire someone within two months, if not less. You know what I mean? And it's yes. like, and it's like before, it's like, no, 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 it's fine. Like, I'll just do it. I'll just do it. I'll just do it. The amount of times I've told and other team members have seen me and I'll just say, I'll just do it. And they're like, 
okay, I guess we have something to learn. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they're like, hey, look, Bruce, we need a product manager or like, you need an assistant. Why are you ordering, you know, computer mice on Amazon trying to figure out if it should be battery or wired or like what the batteries are then? And then, you know, is this one good? Is it working out? And, you know, they're, they're right and they see it. But um, anyway, uh I, I also should have done the same thing early on and, and that, but, but we started to really scale up when we had four people each in their own department. So one person helping on engineering, one person doing sales, one person doing support. Um, and then I can kind of hop around and, and, you know, add value to each of those. But that was a clear, you know, uh, trajectory changing, but I will say a very scary moment. And I mishired, I think twice before I got that, that team of three, just not knowing how to hire. And then, um, and then having the revenue to be able to do it comfortably. Right. And, and I think once you have the revenue still being comfortable with, you know, hiring that person, but, uh, gosh, such a, such a, uh, a mistake. Now, um, Brent, you actually talk about having duplicate roles. One thing you mentioned in this post, and this was off rogue, printers, which is a cool group Lee Stewart's been uh, running on. And I think maybe one of the more valuable ones that's, that's out there right now, but basically it was, um, your bottleneck. We were talking about two people being sick, which is, I think the next step that you encounter with a team and then yeah. you scaling up to hiring additional people to help with that. Uh, yeah. can you talk us through, you know, that whole process and, sure. and how you got to that conclusion? Yeah, I mean, well, you know, it's obvious when you when you when you have somebody, when you have just enough people to do the job, and then somebody's sick. All of a sudden, it's like it's crash. It's like it's bad. You know, nothing gets done. So, you know, it come to the point where it's just like now me and Shelly have to go down and do these things, which means I'm not up here doing sales, or she's not up here doing seps, which may save your day, but it doesn't save you tomorrow because now the seps for tomorrow aren't done, or the seps for two days from now aren't done, or or we don't have. Oh, all of a sudden we didn't make any sales today. Well, Brant was on press all day, you know, like oh, well, you know, that's that's not good, you know. So it got to the point where it's like you just can't do that. You have to have you have to have some floaters. So we call them floaters. We have a couple floaters down there um, where they're trained across. They can unload. They can load. They can mm. catch the dryer. They can do shipping uh they can run the unicode they can they can use the cts you know tape screens whatever it might be they can count sort whatever you know so they're kind of like jack all trades you know type thing um and i think the shop needs that as soon as you get to the point where you've you've got the revenue obviously yeah you, know, you can't just over hire you know but you got to have a little extra revenue but you got you know once you have it i think you have to have at least a floater where somebody can plug in somebody needs to be sick they're going to get married they have, you know, have a child whatever it might be you got to have you know some some slack there. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, immediately I kind of thought, Oh, maybe this is good for a junior role, but if they're trained in all these different areas, is that not the case? Like, is this actually more of a, a senior type of person that has more experience going across these different departments? Well, I, I think they'll, they'll end up being that, um, you know, um, uh, but in the beginning they're not because they're, they're kind of like just, you know, they're doing each one of those things a little bit here and there. So they're not experts at it, right? They're, they're, they can get through the day or they can get through a couple of days or whatever, but they don't know everything about the machine that they're running or they don't know all the nuances, you know, and they've got to ask somebody or whatever. So they become, they work their way into being a more important role by knowing how to do all those things. And the next thing you know, maybe, you know, maybe they're 
department lead one day, or maybe, you know, as we grow, you know, they'll run a press of their own or whatever it might be, you know? Um, so, you know, we're just, I, I feel like we train more, you know, as we train each person more, they become more valuable to us, you know, yeah. uh, and, and vice versa. You know, I mean, they, they, you know, they want to be able to help most, most employees do anyway. <laughs> Fair, do you have, do you have floaters? Um, like people that can jump around if folks are sick or how does that work? Yeah, we have, we have a good amount of redundancy. Um, we have a lot of people that can do a lot of things and that's good and bad sometimes. Um, yeah, I mean, we have enough, enough people where a press isn't going to stop for a day. There you go. Um, yeah. and, and, I and think you said something there big... was important. I don't think you said it without saying it. I don't think you want every person to be a floater because there's certain people that are really good at certain things and that's what you want them to do. Yeah, and I think that's kind of that's kind of where we're at. And we definitely need to work on it. We we don't what we don't have right now is the production, like the the floater that knows how to keep pushing, like the the snowplow floater. Like right. okay, are we get on that. What do we have to do faster? What do we have yeah. to do faster? The snowplow right. floater that is assertive, confident, helpful, team player. Let me get in and fold these faster with you. Um, so we're we're looking. Where they can for see that. the bottleneck, right? They can see yeah, the bottleneck they can, and they know they hey, literally go we're really backed up in screens. Let me go in there and get the screens done. You know, yep, like, yep, 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 yep. Yeah. That's that's kind of what we're missing is that task maturity to know, ooh, there's a big bottleneck there. All right, let's go. Um yep. and that's I look at it like the general manager of a Chili's, you know, <laughs> when they're like, shoot, everyone on the floor to bus. All right, let's all bus. Come on. Um, so I don't know why Chili's, maybe TGI Fridays. But <laughs> Chili's guy. I digress. <laughs> uh, Bruce is a red lobster guy. But Brand, a lobster I'm guy. Yeah. Brant, uh, it doesn't sound like you have a lot of turnover. I mean, do you, does your team like yeah. what? It seems like you have a pretty good, solid group. Um, what do you do to keep them all happy, trained, hungry, <laughs> all of those things? Because it sounds Change like daily. what you <laughs> well, what it sounds like is you do have something strong there that I think a lot of printers would be envious of a little bit, and there, that must come back to you, right? Yeah. Um, well, I wouldn't. You know, I think the big with. thing is money. We, we pay people a, a livable wage. You know, I mean, you know, there's a lot of shops that I hear people making twelve dollars an hour in a press, and I just I can't even. Like, I just think to myself, like, that is a terrible job for $12 an hour. Like, you know, so I, you know, so I think about those things. I think about them in terms like, would I want to do that job for that much money? You know, uh, so I, you know, I try to pay people more than what I hear most shops pay things. Now, I wouldn't run out and say we're the highest paid shop on everything. No, probably not. But uh, I think we treat our people well. Uh, you know, we do some extra things every year. We give them a week off at Christmas. We pay it, that kind of stuff extra, you know, and, and these things are, you know, they help with morale and like when we see problems in the shop, they don't have enough place to put things. We, you know, we make sure we have the right tools in place to make their, their space usable, you know, uh, computers everywhere, you know, tables everywhere, carts everywhere. You know, these things all don't make a lot of sense to some people, but they make a lot of sense to somebody's day. You know, they're fighting for space or something, you know, we're always trying to make sure they have what they need, you know? So out of the 13 people, <clears throat> For folks that have maybe have one person, <clears throat> sorry, or may have five people, what was your sequence of hiring? Because I always see like, who, who's the first person I should hire? Who's the next person I should hire? Can you, maybe if you remember, uh, so like the first one you talk about uh, artist, but all right, number two and so on, if you could just list those out. Yeah, sure. So like uh, first was the artist and, and then we hired um, a guy to help with screen printing. So basically what it became is that um, 
we went from a shop that could really run an auto by yourself, go down and catch the shirts by your, you know, pull them out of a bucket, throw them. That that become a problem, you know. So we hired somebody to catch at that point. That was really our second hire was somebody just to catch and then do you know do screens and do this other you know random stuff as as things are because the auto wasn't running all week long. Uh, initially, you know, we run it two or three days a, a week. And, and so from there it was, now we need somebody to run a embroidery machine, you know, instead of us, you know, so that, that got me and Shelly off the, you know, wearing a hundred hats. Now we're down to 50 or something, you know? Uh, so that, that's, you know, we just kept doing it like that. So every time we'd run into a bottleneck with um, something like that, we'd hire another person. So our, our next hire was another, technically it was another artist, but he helped in screen printing before we put him back in art. Um, and he's our guy that does our general design stuff. Like, uh, he's not doing the high end art, but he's, he does all our proofing for anything. So if a customer sends art in, he makes the proof for, make sure that we've got everything dialed. Um, and he does business cards, flyers, you know, stuff like that. Um, so once I got to the point where there's too many, uh, too much printing to, or art to be done, we moved him out of printing and moved somebody else into that, you know, so it was basically a revolving door at that point. So every point, every point that we, we needed another job that was, a full-time job, we pull that person out of printing and put a new person in printing. That's essentially how wow. we did it. It's like a, it's like a, it's triple A. It's like the farm league. Yep. Yeah. In our opinion, like I think everybody should, especially if they're got anything to do with art or print, they should definitely go through the printing process all the way through screens. Yeah. Imaging that, on press, you know? So the problem that we are having right now is, you know, we have people that generate revenue and then we have people in operations yep. and then we have people in manufacturing and every time you add more revenue, you have to add an ops person and um, you know a production person. Yep. We're trying to figure out where that balance is. And so an exercise we just did is we had our ops people write out every single thing that they do. And then we isolated and filtered it down by each person's name. And then you could see glaring like, oh, that's where our problem is. This person's spending – They're doing know, too much. Yeah, they're spending – you know, four hours a day just in Shopify. All right, that's what we have to solve for. Yep. And all of a sudden, when you when you solve that little pain point, everyone else <laughs> seems to kind of flow. It's yeah, it's yep. like popping the pimple or something in yep. your bottleneck. Yep. Um, and so that's that's been an exercise that our team. Has, that's been an exercise that our team has been doing because a lot of times everyone asks the killer question. I always get is, "Can we hire someone for this?" And I'm like. <laughs> No, <laughs> no, we can't. We can't. You know, yeah. that, that's forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars $60,000. We just can't hire yeah. for that. Um, and so a lot of times it takes that management to, to step in and say, hey, here are the bottlenecks. Here's how we solve it. Here's how we outsource it. Um, Bruce, it probably happens for you guys more and more as the business gets more intricate. I'm curious if you guys have a spot where everyone has their roles defined. Maybe. I mean, I think, you know, software is obviously very different than like manufacturing and, and running a shop. But um, this is one thing I pushed on very early because I had worked at a company before where stuff wasn't defined and I found it very frustrating. I took so much when I went full time and was like, I hate this. I love this. I hate this. I love this. And I started it like right away. Um, but role definitions, like even if I was moving somebody, I wrote the job description out and I gave it to them and to say, okay, here's your new like job description. This is what you're focused on doing. And this is the department that you're a part of. Um, I, I don't know. It's, it's never perfect. There's definitely some people that, that hop in between or in a gray area. Um, and it's confusing for them as maybe as an owner, I feel like it's like, 
dude, just jump in, just do stuff like grab this, you know, but that's not how the team operates, right? Like they want to have kind of railroad tracks to, to, to run on and then they can run really fast. Uh, some people need planning. Some people need a better direction. Yeah. And I think almost, you know, all, um, but yeah, I don't know. Or, Or there's the expectations misalignment, but, uh, anyway, that's, I'm going to go off into like a little, like, uh, little side thing there. Um, you, you know, okay. So what other bottlenecks do you feel like brand you, you talked about bag and tag in this message too. So, uh, you talked about buying an auto folder. I'm curious, obviously, what did you buy? And then when was the good time to buy it? Like, what were you experiencing? Should have done, done it a long time ago. <laughs> but we didn't buy we didn't buy a big one yet. We bought one of those little speedy tees, um, which honestly is great <laughs> for what it is. I mean, they were pretty cheap. Um, and I could see myself buying two or three more of those before I go off and get one of these big, you know, you 150,000. Yeah. Like, you know, like we don't have enough bag and tag that I think we could justify that just yet you know and honestly i don't love doing back attack i don't know about you guys but uh it just you know i love seeing shirts come out of out of the dryer and go right in a box and get out of the building like i like that done, done and done right you know uh when they go over to back attack it's like oh another day of that you know, <laughs> you know like oh man you know so i don't know but we should have done that a long time ago um because it's quite a bit faster um using one of those so um i think I, I could add another one or two of those before i went off and got a full setup like from mnr or whatever um, the rock one's nice too. Um, yeah, that one's 150 grand though. Like, it's, it's, it's such a big number. <laughs> so I'm like, like, I could run five speedy tees next to each other. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yes. I have a speedy tee or one of those flip and folds coming. I'm trying to get rid of my asthmatic, like whatever. Yeah. That thing is just a, a, a tank. Cause I've heard uh, some of them are turds. So I don't, you know, I don't know. Uh, it's pretty one. good. It's just so big. We don't yep. have space for it. That's yep. our biggest problem. I mean, it moves really, it, it, it folds so fast. Um, but it's almost like we, it's, it's overkill for what it's we in the way. Yeah. 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 So if someone needs one, hit me up. I'll sell it to you. <laughs> <laughs> um, our thing space too. Like space is killing us. Like, you know, we're in 14,000 square feet and it's, we just went and put vertical racking in and, uh, added a forklift and, you know, all those things we probably should have done a long time ago, but we finally did it. And, and of course that's helped, but it, I mean, I can, I can only kick this can down the road a little bit longer before we're going to have to build a bigger building. Do you, uh, do you think you're going to go that route or you think you're just going to get really comfortable and cushy where you're at? No, we have to, there's no way to, uh, I mean, w- when we're, when we're ultra busy, th- there was no place to even put a garment in this building. Like it wow. was like, there was nothing, there was no room. Like I, I, I keep a spare vehicle in here. I had to leave it outside. Like, you know, cause there's just no room, you know? So if and, you were to build another building, how big would you make it? Um, so we're wanting to basically double it. Um, yeah, I, I can only double it on this property. I have uh, an interesting drama here. I have a, the city power runs right across our property. So I have a, I have a big lot. I have almost four acre lot, but the problem is, is that main line runs right down our front yard. So basically you can only get within 60 feet of that. I think it is. And, uh, so our building is restricted by that, you know? Um, so we can, we can add maybe double, we can roughly double the size of our building. And then after that, I don't, I don't know, we're going to have to move. Like this is what it is. Um, cause there's nowhere to, the property doesn't backs up to a Creek and 
the next door neighbor ain't gonna sell. So is that uh, your goal to get as big as possible? Is it to make as no. like what? Yeah, what is your goal there? I, I, I think I'd stop maybe like four or six autos, probably. Like I, I just that's to me that's like a a manageable deal where you're not going home every day like mad. <laughs> You know, uh, if you're at some of these big shop deals, you get, I think you get too big and some of these guys, then they start turning to, I don't do contract printing. So a lot of these shops, they get real big, they, you know, 30 autos, but they had to do contract printing. And then next thing you know, one of these contract printers leave and they don't have any, you know, they don't have a need for five autos anymore. You know, these jobs got to go away and I just don't want to go through all that, you know, uh, not interested in doing that. Uh, what else would you have done earlier? In uh, the you know, CTS. I mean, that was huge for us. Are you like, wax uh, or, or uh, we're just still uh, I image, you know, yeah. <clears throat> you know, which we should have done sooner. You know, of course, even M and R did the same thing there. They're like, you, you don't got the ROI for this because you're not doing enough screens a day. You know, back when we bought it, we bought it in 2014, I think it was, wow. and uh, you know, which was in my mind early, but uh, I probably would have done it earlier. Now, have you thought about going laser? Um, you know, the, the unit is getting old now. So it's like, I'm starting to think laser or wax or what I should do. Um, you know, I, I've not researched either one of them enough to, to say I would do one or the other. Um, You're going to get phone calls right after this. <laughs> oh, <I'm sure. laughs> You're going to get a call from Mark. You're going to call from Saudi. Um, yeah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> which is fine. Which is fine. What uh, else? What else you know, would you have done earlier? What else? Uh, man, I think I would have done everything a little earlier. I mean, literally everything. I mean, you know, when, when we, uh, we were in my parents' basement for a long time and we did, we were in there for eight years. Shouldn't have done that. Should have, should have moved out there sooner. Um, you know, but of course when you, when you're in a basement that's 2,500 square feet and you go off and you get a 14,000 square foot building, that seems like such a massive move, yeah. you know, scary. like, and it, Oh, it's scary as hell because I had a Vastex manual and two embroidery machines in a 14,000 square foot building, two desks. I mean, what are you, you know, what are you doing? <laughs> you know, all my friends thought I was stupid. I thought I was stupid even. I was just like, what am I doing? Like, I'm never going to use this. And now I look at this place. I'm like, it's a postage stamp. I should have bought, yeah. you know, a 70,000 square foot building. <laughs> you know? Bruce, do you still live in your parents' basement or did you move out this year? <laughs> I'm just <kidding>. Sometimes. <laughs> I have all my kid stuff in there. It's like, uh, um, there's like a Jimi Hendrix poster on the wall. And like, your mom won't get rid of it. My, my old, um, furniture it has like disney like do you, I, I don't know did you guys put like little wallpaper stuff in underneath the dresser like in the bottom drawers did you ever have that or no uh-uh. they like protect the drawers i don't know yeah well, yeah the wood I've seen so it that, doesn't splinter yeah 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 they, they put that in the bottom which i'm like why did they ever do that but anyway was there anything that you would have done earlier steven yeah we waited a really long time to get out of our building on that second floor um i would have at least rented and gotten out of there we were doing it because the rent was so cheap but it really constricted us very early on um so i would have done that um probably would have bought out one of my partners a little sooner (laughs) that's for another day um (laughs) um, but yeah I, i think like we yeah we we definitely waited too long till it got to the point where it was unbearable and there's a lot of fatigue that comes out of those days that it's just not worth it um so but early on you know we owned everything never took a loan bought everything in cash um so something to be said for that i mean there's something to be said for that yeah um so it got us there it definitely got us there and i think that's that's good those are good pillars to stand on and build a business on so yeah 
That's this cool. is good. Yeah, Brent, uh, appreciate joining us. You guys can oh, no follow problem. what is the uh, at graphic disorders at the best uh, place or graphic disorder.com. Yep. Yeah, either way, either way. You guys got to check out this uh, this art, their shop. Really, really cool. Uh, especially if you have work, um, you could forward over art needs. So I appreciate the time, Brent. Which, by the way, which no of these cars is yours on here? Uh, I'm get it. Any car on there is mine. Okay. Wait. Right. So how many do you real have? Car on there is mine. Yeah. <laughs> how, how many do you have? Uh, five right now. Uh, but I've, so I've been through a few. Cool, like trucks. <laughs> the, is the Porsche green Lambo is, yours? That's a Porsche, but yes, oh, it is mine. Porsche. Yep. Sorry, yep. Ferg's not yep. a car guy. Neither. Um, I, I know the boat. I know you have a, a Mastercraft X1. Took it up to a Centurion. So I'm <laughs> I'm I'm hanging in the boat world. Um, so no, this is awesome. Oh, this is sick. Yeah. As I'm scrolling down, it's just getting better and better. I've had a couple Ferraris and I've had a McLaren and you know, I'm a, I'm a car guy. I love cars. (laughs) Why get rid of the Ferrari? Uh, they're, they're terrible cars. They're, they're, they're they're one caught on fire. (laughs) Is that its fault or is that your fault? Just to like, cause I feel like you're like a racer. Oh wow! I am, okay. a, I am a racer now. Yeah, I wasn't with the Ferrari. The Ferrari would have never held up. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. I love the Ferraris. By the way, they're just they're just fragile. They're very okay. fragile. So those are McLaren, same way. They're just fragile. Bruce but, goes in the Tesla and plays the race car game. So mm-hmm. he's a racer too. I had a Tesla for a little while. I had a Model Three Performance for a little while. Yeah, what did, driver. What did you think of that? Um, I don't that, think the world's ready for it because the electric grid. But I, I love the car. Uh, I just uh, range anxiety. I couldn't use it the way you would use a car. You know, uh, I'm in East Tennessee, so like the closest charger outside of town was 90 miles. So mm-hmm. if we you're not tr- going that one specific direction, actually, there's chargers nowhere. <laughs> we tried driving uh, from Indianapolis to Chicago when it was literally c- Christmas Day and it was like oh, negative no. two degrees Fahrenheit. And it was the worst day of our lives. Yes. So, Did you, get, you stop twice or what? Or is just... Two, it was almost three times, yeah. Mm. Oh. It was a rough Did you get day. lost a lot of range because of the cold, right? Did you start at 100%? Oh, yeah. Yikes. Because yeah. the cars, there's a ton of range on that when it gets real cold. When it gets yeah. crazy cold, your range is like nothing because the car's got the batteries, got they got to keep the car warm. So, um, but cool. We could talk. I about love the car though, by the way. I, I really did. I really Yeah. Minus like it's, the it's ceiling just... panels falling off occasionally. And like yeah. Bruce, Bruce I keeps that, mine to... too. I had to get that fixed. It's a, it's a Elon feature. It's a beta. It's a beta. It's a beta. Yeah. Good. No, this is good stuff. This is good yeah. stuff. We really, really appreciate the time. No, and no problem. Um, I'm sure shops will be hitting you up for, for all the tips and tricks, but, uh, I don't know everything, but I I know something, (laughs) what you're doing is super cool. And, uh, and, and this is an awesome conversation. So I appreciate it guys. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you guys on the next episode of Printavo Printers podcast. I'm Bruce from Printavo, Mr. Farrag out of Campus Inc. And, uh, Brent at graphic disorder. All right. I'll see you guys next one. Bye.